Welcome, welcome, everybody. It is Saturday, January 30th, match day 21 in the English Premier League. Uh, this is the Richmond Gooners podcast. We are coming to you shortly after the game from Gus's Bar and Grill here in very chilly Richmond, Virginia today. Uh, I am Ryan. I am here with Tom. What's up, everybody? And we are here with Will today. Hello, everyone. And we are going over the home tie to Man United. We're going for the double over them in in, in the league, which, uh, to your point, Will, hasn't happened since 2007. Correct. Uh, sadly, it did not turn out that way. But, uh, you know, all things considered, honestly, it was a it was a positive game. We did some good stuff. And we look good overall. Um, so, you know, start of the day, ninth place, top half of the table. We shouldn't be excited about that because we're Arsenal. And yet, this year, we need to be excited about that now, right? Yeah, considering where we were a month or two ago where losing to Burnley at home, losing to teams that we hadn't lost against in decades. It was yep. just, uh, you know, we, we had the gallows humor. We're going, well, I can't wait for Grimsby away. I can't wait for Scunthorpe United away. <laughs> right. yep. All these towns that sound like something out of a Game of Thrones episode. So to go up against a team that was leading the league just a few days ago. And they're still second. Right. Yep. And I was convinced after the first 10 minutes that Ole was playing for the point. I I didn't think United really came to play. I mean, they had their chances. Edison Cavani blew a guilt edge chance. Two of them even. Yeah. Um, but I, obviously biased. I thought, I thought we were the better team overall. Oh, we absolutely. Sh- we should have scored. Pepe had an amazing game, possibly. As good a game as you can have without scoring a goal. That was the one thing that kept him short. So I agree completely. Yeah, I, I really do agree with everything you just said, mainly because you, when you look at it, we came out guns blazing, mm-hmm. ready to go. We were definitely the team that was looking for that goal, looking for, for those three points. And did Man U have their chances? Absolutely. They had their chances. But in regards to not only their starting lineup, but just how overall their structure was throughout the game, I, I really agree with you that I think they were playing for that point and it, it probably is because they came off that really bad loss against Sheffield United. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to your point about the lineup, you know, I mean, I saw our lineup come out, and we knew, we knew Aubameyang wasn't going to play because of all the stuff that he's been going through. We understand that. And Tierney being a game time, you know, I was really hoping he was going to be out there. He's a game changer for us, but he wasn't. You get that. Sokka was a surprise to me. I didn't know he picked up a knock. Didn't I hadn't him. heard that either, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's, he's got a sore hip and we're being precautionary. And you, and you just hate to see that for somebody his age because it's just like, I mean, you got a sore hip. Like, what? you run and you kick. Yeah. Like, what, what? you know, that, that that's a little bit worrisome. But honestly, like, given those three not even being in the team – you know, a point is yeah. not what we wanted. It's probably not what we deserved. But honestly, like I'm, I'm, I'm not upset about it. Yeah, and that's a fair point because without those three, if someone, Rob was making that point outside that if three months ago someone had offered a point against Man United with those three out, no Obama Yang, no Bukayo Saka, no Kieran Tierney, Cedric Suarez, and I have to admit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit, I'm one of. His biggest detractors, but I thought Suarez was really good today. Yeah, he's made that side his own. He's he's good going forward. He defended well. He did not deserve that yellow card at all. No, no not at all. all. I thought, and this goes without saying, Michael Oliver left a lot to be desired today. Yeah. It gets, what was it? It was it was the fifteenth minute or so, and and Fernandez flopped in the box. No yellow. No yellow. No. And. Well, and you, and you, Rashford in the seventh minute is, I mean, the Russian judge at the Olympics would give him a favorable number on that dive. I mean, absolutely. It, it, was, it was out of control. Yeah. 
I uh, I'm not a fan of Fernandez. I think he's a no. penalty merchant. He had a good he had a good shot on goal today where he did a drag back and a quick one that went over the uh, far right corner. But and that quick kick on the free kick too that David yeah. Luiz yeah. also had away. Because I was thinking of two weekends ago, I forgot what team it was, and he banged one in. I thought he's going to do it again. It's going to yeah. be just yeah. the same thing. And we were lucky. We got out of jail a handful of times there. But, yeah, I mean, but so I, did they. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, Harry Maguire murdered Lacazette yeah, the entire game. Times. Yeah, multiple um, Someone said today, uh, Slabhead had three yellow cards today. Absolutely. Textbook. Yeah. His move is he likes to put both hands on somebody's chest and then shove them shove to the ground. Yep. Or, in this case, neck. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That clothesline 20, yeah. Yeah. 20 yards away from the, from so the goals. Yeah, and just, oh, it's no big deal. And you go like, well, you know, but... I mean, but that's 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 what he's going to do. But, you know, to kind of wrap up the lineup stuff, it was good to see Partey starting. Good yeah. to see Martinelli starting, even yes. though ultimately he didn't finish the game. Right. You know, like, that's in and of itself an encouraging thing. Kind of the guys that we we knew we were going to be counting on, they are making their way back to playing. Martinelli had some great defensive work today. Yes. We always he, talk about he, how he gets I, forward. But, yeah, his, his, his work rate coming back made some key uh, intercepting passes and just – it's a revelation because I think for a long time, a lot of our players, and even today, one, if not two players, wide players, were not coming back. Especially Pepe at minute 70. I think Pepe, I think he had just run out of energy. Yeah. yeah. But Martinelli is, not only is it a joy to watch when he's on the ball, but even he just, he loves to run and get involved. And it's infectious. Well, All of our young players, ex- love Exactly. To see that. And the point I made to Ryan, too, was honestly, my first half man of the match was Martinelli. Mm. The chances he created offensively, the defensive work that he did as yeah. a winger was phenomenal, um, especially off of that cross that he was wide open Rashford there on the right side, and yeah. he comes in at the last second and heads the ball clear for a corner. Mm. I mean, if he's not, if he doesn't come back and track that down, it, Rashford's probably scoring there. Yeah. Well, and to your point, Tom, I mean, it is infectious. And we talked about this on, on, on our dry run that we didn't end up publishing, but Lacazette had – appeared to have lost a step for the first, you know, 15 games of the season. Yeah. And was just, I mean, I don't want to say being lazy out there, but he just was not, you know, I've always thought of Lacazette as that guy that will run around and get in positions and, like, demand the ball kind of thing. Sure. And he hadn't been doing that, and Martinelli got out there and is just, you know, obviously just, you know, happy to be out there and running his butt off. And Lacazette, it seems to me anyway, has seen that and been like, oh, man, I got to get back to doing that. Yes. Lead by example. Agreed. And, like, it's, it's just ironic that, like, you know, the, 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 the older players that we brought in to be the examples for the young kids, it is going the other direction. <laughs> I don't know if we were going to go there yet, but, yeah. When, I, I don't, I, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't want to spend this entire podcast ragging on William. We'll have a couple moments, but, right. you know, it's, 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 it's such low-hanging fruit. I don't want to go that there. That could yeah. be a four-hour podcast. It, it could truly be. It could be the entire – every week it could be what did William do this week. But exactly. But no, I mean, like the kids have set the stage for mm. the seat, you know, the older players and reminded them, hey, this is how it's supposed to feel right. like to play soccer and to love it. I think some of the older players, because they come from other teams, they get kind of stuck in their ways. Right. Whereas I, who knows? But I, I would like to think that the younger players on the training ground or in the dress room are saying this is Arsenal, Mr. He who shall not be named that came from Chelsea. But we don't walk <laughs> up and down. You know, our, we don't. We, Arteta's going to be here. You might be used to managers that are not going to be here in a week. But, I, yeah, you, our young players have this work ethic. Not only the work ethic, but also they've finally brought back what I would call Arsenal football. Yeah. Because, Banger, we want to win, but we want to win with style. We want to win with flair. We don't want a Mourinho ball. 
we don't want to do what United did today. It's just not interesting. And yeah, we played really well with that style, even without Saka. That's yeah. kind of shocking, is yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Because Saka is arguably the epitome of Wenger Ball. Absolutely. I mean, he is, but so is Emil Smith-Rowe. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. he, I mean, when he went off, you know, I like to see Odegaard get on, you know, I, and you understand you're not going to sub off a sub. And and also, like, ESR, like, he's, he, you know, he had a couple of games where he wore himself out, so you don't want to run him 90 necessarily just to do it. Right. But production. But, like, production-wise, like, he, he, especially with Martinelli, Martinelli already off, Smith Rowe is the engine that makes us move at that point. Right. And you hate to see him go off. And, and, and eventually he'll get to that point where it's, you know, it's not even a consideration. But and then in three I, days we go again. Exactly. Right. And, and you, know, there, you know, I forget about that. Like, you know, we're, we're kind of just past the fixture congestion of the festive fixtures. And you figure, oh, we're back into the normal schedule. But also you forget, or I forget anyway, that like this is COVID and everything is jammed in and we're playing every like three, yeah. four, five days. Because Europa League. Right, yeah, and, and Europa Champions as well. League, those two are coming yeah. in with, with games coming up. Because yeah. yeah, Europa League's coming back, and the league is already announced. I think, oh, I forget who it is. It's Leicester. We're playing Leicester at 7 a.m. on a Sunday here. Yeah, I saw that. That's, and, um, yeah. That is highly unfortunate. Yeah. Thursdays um, give us Sundays. May, maybe I'll get to yeah. bed before 3 a.m. <laughs> I mean, that would be a goal to aspire to. Uh, speaking of goals, there are none to run down in this game as seeing as it ended in a nil-nil draw but you know there was there was certainly plenty of action and as far as nil-nil games go I feel like this is one of the more interesting ones to watch yeah in particular that first half when when Pepe did his dribble from that flank and murdered two of their players particularly McTominay I would love to see I'm sure it's on Twitter already but when he he shook him I mean McTominay he, he wound up on the ground on his knees doing this which way did he go and then Placed a really, really good pass. Unfortunately, it was just millimeters away from uh, um, from Lacazette. Yep, it was a very, very difficult shot. It was, oh it was, yeah, there's no guarantee it's going in, but just like just the effort to get it there. If was that had, if that had resulted in a goal, we probably would have put it up there with the Jack Wilshere Norwich goal. Yep, it yeah. Would be, well, and then where were you when that goal happened? And then you also had Martinelli's play off in the left corner, coming back down the side. Yeah, cuts back into the middle beautiful cross towards Lacazette and it just kept curling away from Laka and he couldn't get a foot on yeah. it. So it goes out for a goal kick. And the thing for me on that is like Martinelli, like my first thought was he just buried himself in the corner. There's nothing going to happen here. And then all of a sudden everything just turns around and Correct. like we're in a goal scoring situation. You know? Do we think, did anyone people like, I guess I was going to use a rhetorical question, but has Pepe played so well in the last two games that he is now solidified that he can't be subbed so when Saka comes back do we keep Pepe where he is I think it draws an interesting question I he should have scored I mean he should have you look at Pepe's Pepe's results today I think he deserves a start and also he should have scored I don't know I don't know if well Saka's better than him but is Martinelli better than him William definitely isn't no I mean Martinelli and Pepe to me are two different Guys, Correct. yeah, true. You know, for me, Pepe, Pepe is Pepe's greatest value is in that situation where he did like the triple step over and just like laid waste to a dude. Yeah. Martinelli for me is a guy who will run past three of your defenders, get in deep, kind of take the top off the defense a little bit. Yeah, and like you know, I, I don't know how like the formation allows both those dudes to do what they do, but like I don't know that they're necessarily a one for one. It's one or the other. I was, ha- I was happy with Pepe today more than anything because. I remember reading early when we got him that somebody that's a 
Leo, is that where he came from? Tepe, I, I, I think, think it was Leo. So. Yeah. so what I read, I think it was, I don't know. But what this guy that's an expert, and we all know Twitter's full of experts, but yep. that counterattacking is his preferred method of football, kind of like Obama Yank. Obama Yank loves counterattacking, getting that ball on the left and cutting towards the right, that curling shot. And I think Pepe, similarly, he's better when we're counterattacking. When we're, when we're doing that slow build. And, and the crosses. Kinda, right, just kind of like working the ball around at the top and sideways passes, sideways passes, and then the ball comes to Pepe, you just go... All right, he's going to wait for two defenders to drop in on him. He's going to dribble his way out of it. And yeah. today he wasn't doing a whole lot of that. He wasn't. Um, and to go back to your question, too, about, you know, does he deserve that start in the next game? I say yes. Okay. Um, two reasons. One, his, his recent form has been fantastic. Uh, he's been arguably one of the best players consistently-wise, um, game in and game out when he's been in. But the other reason, too, is under Arteta, he hasn't started more than five games in a row. True. It's, like, really, it's really hard for huh. a player to be in really good form if they don't even give are given the time to get to said good form. No one, can, no professional player can get in great form in less than five games. Yeah, and like part of that is because William got all those starts at the start of the year, right. and we're getting to that point where I think pretty much everyone, and again, not to make this a rag on William podcast because that was last week, but it's obvious he's not going to be that guy. And yeah. so you give Pepe that spot and you know see what he can do in, in four, five, six starts in a row. You know, yep. I mean, I, to me, Saka has to start. Saka is, I mean, I feel like he's probably our best. He's got the highest ceiling. Uh, and that's not true. Martinelli has the highest ceiling. Really? But I Saka, think Saka does. I think Martinelli does. Really? Okay. I think Martin, I mean, you know, like the Ronaldo light comparison has been drawn with Martinelli. Sure. I mean, yeah. Saka, but, but Saka, I mean, like he just, he's already, I think right now Saka's ahead of Martinelli as far as his, his oh, development. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And like how ready he is to okay. produce in the Premier okay. League. Okay, now I understand your yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so but like total he's, ceiling. yeah, total like long-term ceiling. I think Martinelli is, is potentially got a little bit more, but like Saka right now is at the point where like, He's our best player. He, he might be our best player. And he also is one of our highest energy players, which is a rare thing. Right. You know, like you have you have guys that are like, you know, uh, the, uh, the analogy I was draw is like a hockey analogy. Like you have dudes in the third and fourth line that are like your energy guys and your checking line guys, you know, but they're not your most the skilled players. The, the grinders, grinders, right. And then you have dudes in your first line and your second line that are snipers and poachers. Well, somehow Saka is both of those things to me. Yep. Yeah, and you know it's testament to youth and a testament to who he is. But like he, if he's healthy, he's got to be out there. Yeah, I mean, my thing with it is Arteta is now approaching a problem. It's a good problem because you have so many options to choose from. But it is a problem on who am I going to start right now? Right. right. Which is you know, uh, and you're right. It's a good problem. It's probably haven't had for a while because I mean, for how many years in a row have we just had such devastating injury issues? That it's like, well, this is the lineup we got, and we know we're not, you know. Like, right. I'm reminded of the 8 2 against Man United if, right. uh, 10 years ago, which we watched right here in this pub. And it was when this is before Twitter was really big, before the internet was as loaded with info as it is now. And I remember seeing Coquelin come out, and, and, and I had to Google him. I, I didn't know who he was. Yeah. yeah. He wore number 38 or 39. I forget. Maybe it was 34, but it was just. See, I almost I think, yeah. as and as we're talking about wide left, I mean, what happens now when when Alba comes back? Right. right. Does does Lacazette sit? Alba is our captain. Alba is arguably the best scorer. I mean, if Saka's the best overall player, Alba's the best scorer. Yeah, and, and he no, needs he, he needs to play. And 
Yeah, it, it, it makes me wonder when all those guys come back, if we're at 100% strength, are we going to see what we saw? Um, even I'm still kind of curious. Partey definitely is a starter every day of the week Absolutely. for me. Absolutely. Sure. But Xhaka, I don't know. I'm, I'm so Xhaka with Partey I is think, a completely different Xhaka. I think he is. That's, that, that's exactly right. You know, we were he talking about really last week. Like Xhaka and El Nenny never should be on the pitch no, at the same time. They're the same freaking person. Yeah. But you get Partey and Xhaka out there, and I think it's – I want to say Joey made that point. Like He was not brought in to replace Xhaka. He was brought in to play next to Xhaka and let mm. Xhaka kind of lay a little deeper and do what he does mm. you know, yep. and bring stuff forward. And like, you know, to your point during the game – you know, Partey's value beyond what he actually does on the ball. I mean, there was a situation where United was on the, I don't want to say on the break, but attacking aggressively. Yep. And David Luiz was kind of floating in space. And Partey's like, no, no, you, you've got that man. I'm going to be over here. Like, he's talking to him. He's directing him. Yeah. And he's affecting other players in a way beyond that is just like, yep. you know, this is what we're here to do. Like, he is out there directing traffic and improving other guys. And I think that's why Xhaka ends up being so playing so well with Partey on the field is because when Partey's not on, Xhaka has to try to take on that defensive role. And, you know, Joey, and I agree with him, has said it so many times, he is not a central defensive midfielder. Right. That's not what his role is. That's never what Xhaka has been. But for some reason, with Arsenal, that's what so many people see him as. And now that when Partey's on the field, Xhaka can actually just be who he is as a natural midfielder. And it just allows Xhaka to just be a little bit more relaxed. Well, I'm the king of Xhaka haters, so I'm going to bring up how he ran all the way to the front of the attack. And he's the first, he's, he's all the way to the tip of the attack. And he went for the back pass. To me, that's unforgivable. I, I, I'm, I will never be a Xhaka fan. And that right there, summarize it to me, is... See, I think with that, though, like... It's him and the goalkeeper, and he backpassed it. Or he, he, he laid it off. You know, it, it, I don't care if you're a central defender or whatever you, you are. You take that shot. You have to shoot the ball. Yeah, but you some of that... You got to remember, though, some of that is he's still building back up the confidence offensively. So it could just be he's got a, a low confidence right now in his ability to score. I don't know. I just think it's in his nature. It's, yeah, that's I, fair. That's just who he is. I'd probably agree with Tom on that one. Like, he has never been, like, other, outside of the, the free kick from 25, 30 yards away. Beauty. He, it's never been, yeah. He's good for two of those a year. Right. The old Jacques Boom, they're there. But, no, his first in instinct is never to put it on net. The team, true. the team does not, for years we've suffered, our midfielders don't score. And then Xhaka, I saw, I think Orbino had a, a stat. I mean, he always has stats, obviously, but right. Xhaka has the goals to his name since he's been an Arsenal player. It's just, it's almost shocking that, wow, he just doesn't score goals. But on the other hand, but he plays great still. Even though he's not scoring goals, he still does play great when he's on. And that's, I think that's part of it is too, is like once, the, you know, to your point, he sprints forward and then doesn't shoot it. Yeah. Like maybe why are you we, going forward? Then? Right, exactly. Yeah. Don't Agreed. don't do that. Lay a little deeper. Be that playmaking midfielder, and let the other guys do their thing. Like I think that might be a thing as like as as whatever ends up being our primary lineup. You know, starts to play together more. They might get a little more comfortable doing that together. To quote the Atlanta Poets Outcast, "Don't pull your thing out." Unless you plan to bang. <laughs> and don't run to the front of the attack. If, if you, you're not going to shoot. That's no, fair. That's yes, that's I mean, that's don't good get point. up there. Yeah. Because, yes, there is such thing as a false nine that you get all the way to the front of the attack to lay it off, but not on a counterattack. No, no. Well, and like, part of that, too, is that just we have not been a counterattacking team all since Arteta got here. You know, Unless and Martinelli's like, on the pitch. Right. Yeah, well, that, that's fair. Um, so, like, maybe that's just also, like, 
kind of getting accustomed to what it what it's like to play that way, mm. and maybe he'll. F- I, I have. Here's the thing, Jaka when he got to us was a red card machine. He yeah. was he was he was a yes. loose cannon, and he was. What was the, the the word I heard was million dollar leg in a in a in a ten pence head, huh? And he figured that out. Like he he has he has evolved beyond that. I believe in him to evolve beyond the situation that he's in now. And apparently, I'm being given a shot huh. of oh god, this is a bloody mary. Yeah, it's like an Ian bloody mary. Some, okay. So I've been given breakfast alcohol at what is now three p.m. Three oh seven. I'm, I'm, okay. All right. So here's the thing. It smelled. Ooh, it's. Uh. <laughs> so I'll fill some of the space. I thought David Louise was really, really good today. I agree. I, I'm pretty, I, if we're going to do man of the match stuff, I'm going to give it to him. I thought because here's United are better at heading the ball than us, and they always have been. Because you look at guys yeah. like Maguire, that goal he had against Sheffield United that. Yeah. He didn't even jump. I mean, yeah. He was M- just McGuire's there. one of those guys, if he jumps as high as he can, you can't get a newspaper under him. Correct. And to win the headers that he won today, uh, Luis is normally a really, really great aerial duel guy. Yep. Rob had a quiet but really successful yeah, he didn't screw aerial up. game. No too. one really screwed up. They're really, yeah. right. now and again, there are matches, and, and, you know, and, and I'm still coming around on Suarez. Because there are matches, you know, say for instance, when my guy, Mainsley, against Palace. It yeah. was just awful, especially that yeah. that back pass that went for a corner yeah. where you, you could just – not only did he lose confidence, everyone lost confidence Agreed. in him. And no one really did that today. There was really no one other than he should not be named that came in at halftime where you go, he just had a, a, a mare. And yeah. I, yeah, that's and, true. Well, and Cedric too. I think Cedric had another good game. I think he dropped off a little bit from what he did over the week. Right. Because the game that he had on Tuesday – Right, Tuesday yeah. was phenomenal. Right. I mean, he was, he was arguably our best player in the game. Because a lot of Southampton fans, I saw them on Twitter responding to Arsenal's feed, saying that he never put in crosses like that for us. And then now he's right. come to Arsenal, and, and it's and it's kind of odd, obviously, because to be a left-sided player, he does this move where he cuts into the middle and then yeah. crosses it with the right. It's a predictable move, but he was making it work. Yeah, it worked really well on Tuesday, and and again, I think he had a good game today. But he did drop off a little bit, um, at least on the offensive side. His, some of his passes weren't as crisp. Um, and, you know, that's expected. He's, but he defended really well still. Well, there's no question that when healthy, Kieran Tierney is our starting left back. Agreed. I mean, there's, there's yeah. no – I mean, Suarez yeah, no, is a very able second guy in the lineup. But Tierney is by far the guy that you want out there because of what he does offensively, defensively, yep. everything else. But the question, the question gets brought up when KT is back. Does Cedric go to the right? No, 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 no. Bellerin, Bellerin to me still because some of the talk I've been seeing is that that's what people have been debating. I don't, I don't, I don't understand recency, the Bellerin hate. It's I, re- don't, well, I don't either. It's recency bias. Yeah, it's for instance, I saw I forgot who tweeted the other day. They said, "Who's our all-time best number seven? And luckily, Robert Pierce won. I voted for Rowcastle, but it had Liam Brady. And then Alexis, and I thought they're all going to vote for Alexis. Alexis, because he's the only one they know. But so this idea of okay, Suarez has had some good games, but my my and I and I've done this. If you're really going to say Suarez is our best guy, if we go into a cup final tomorrow, if we go against Tottenham away tomorrow, you're really going to put Suarez in ahead of Bellerin? I wouldn't. No, absolutely not. And, and Bellerin and Bellerin was one today that he did his typical going down the middle Barcelona. Great vision, and I love him for that. And he was doing that. He's got more 
than um, than Suarez. I think Suarez is an adequate adequate role player. Yep, he's not terrible. I think he's still got one or two stinkers in him. I just I don't know. There's something about yeah. He, I mean, Bellerin. Lo- I'm, I'm stealing this one. Sorry, I'm stealing this one. But somebody on Twitter called him. He looks like a 1950s fighter pilot, <laughs> and that's what he looks like. You know, he just, flying the old F4 Phantoms yeah. out there. Well, F86, I think, was in the 50s. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I, I agree with you that Bellerin, especially on the offensive side of the ball, can do more. Yeah, he can yeah. do different things. When he gets the ball and goes down the middle, I get excited because he has. Yeah, he, he makes great choices. Right. Yeah, and you know. It's it's. It, I might put him. I mean, we talked about this before we started rolling. Like he might be the second. He might be the runner up to David Luiz for man of the match for me. Oh, like he he is my man of the match. I already said that too. Yeah. Hector's my Hector? man of the match. Okay. Yeah, okay. you know, it's just he he might not have done anything spectacular, but at the same time, like he did everything that was asked to him, and he held down a he dangerous a left, you know, side. left side for Man United, mm. and nothing came of that. And like that's not that's not nothing. Yeah. I, I, strug- I struggle. I struggle using the word dangerous with Man United. I mean, there's yes. no player on that pitch other than Paul Pogba that I, I say that's a guy I worry about. And Pogba's a guy that he was. He was barely even there today. Right. He's he's cruising, man. Yeah. I think I think he's yeah. just seeing out his time until Agreed. he he's he wants to go out. back to the continent. Yeah, he wants out because he's when he gets the ball and he's in the mood, he's as good as anybody in the central midfield. Because when you watch him for France, he's unreal. He's unstoppable. Yeah. He's almost like a prime Vieira. And then today, he did a couple of things, but really, it's, it, it's, it's an odd one because he's, he's indispensable for them. But if he doesn't play well, I mean, who are you going to put in? Because uh, some of the other guys they have, yeah. I'm not convinced by either. Well, we were, we were talking before the game, looking at betting lines and, and whatever. Who's the first goal scorer? I, I put money on Cavani, and he, and he was out there. I put money on Lacazette. Yeah. And Cavani he was, missed some easy ones. He, and he hit the did. crossbar. Yeah. And that's just it. Like, Cavani was in position. He he had chances, and he just, you know. I mean, he looks like he's 50. I know he's not. Yeah. But he was playing like he was almost 50 today. Yeah, I mean, he, he had really, I don't want to say, I guess I'll retract my earlier statement, easy, but someone of his stature, his capability needs to bury those. Yeah. Because they're going to watch that later and go, you had one. It, 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 it all happens in the blink of an eye, but you need to bury those. And yeah. I would say that's kind of unforgivable. Although United, on the other hand, they're so desperate for a striker, they got Edison Cavani. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But you know, just kind of looking over, kind of some of the let's. I mean, you know, we talk about him all the time, but Baron Leno today. Yeah, you know, I mean the twentieth minute. I had to watch that replay two or three times to see if he actually got a finger on it. And he, he got didn't. like the tip oh, did he? of it. Oh, yeah. yes. The, the tip very, of his middle the very finger. Tip. Just barely redirects that thing. If he clipped his nails this morning, he wouldn't have saved it. Exactly. I mean, good on him for having like. We the, have to brace ourselves for the day that Bayern Munich shows up with a boatload of money. And says, come on back to the to, to your homeland. Yeah, because yeah. if you're German, you either play for Bayern or you want to play for Bayern. Right. That's fair. Right. But like beyond that, like the 43rd minute, like right. Because I mean, we, we were by far the better team in the, in the first half, but that the, the last like six minutes we were kind of on our back heels, and they were just kind of swarming in our box. Mm. And Leno just comes out and just takes up space right in front of the ball, and just disrupts that whole thing. Like I feel like most keepers probably would have been like staying kind of sitting back line. a little bit, staying on their that line. That sequence where Rashford was just dribbling, yeah, right there. I I was I'm still kind of. You Dumb, get, dumbfounded by it. You got to give credit, like Ryan said, to Leno. Because I guess Leno, he wasn't expecting that. Leno, Leno came was, out there yeah. and he didn't know yeah, what to do. He was like, what is this dude doing and, in my face? Rashford, is he, why is he not on his line? Because once, once Rashford had the ball controlled under his feet, he looked up 
and saw Leno right in front of his face, and he had he had no idea what to do. Yeah, I was like, this was not what I was expecting. Yeah, here. so he, yeah. he had to pull it back and played it back, and I mean that was a fantastic and very heads up play by Leno to say, you know what, he doesn't have control right now. I'm pushing this. Right, and like you know you you you, you know you worry about if he like chips it over or something like that, but he knew because there was just such a cluster of dudes. Like, if I just add one more person to this mix, he's not going to expect it, and all of a sudden it's going to fall apart, and it did. Like, that was a great instinct play on, on his part, I think. All right. Yeah, it, it's – he doesn't always get man the match, and I think uh, the French have an expression, no one ever talks about the train that is always on time. <laughs> so Leno is, that, Leno is that dude that he when – when it comes to player ratings for me, and, and, and obviously I'm basing this on the internet where it, it's more popular to hate on things, but, like – to me, every player starts with a 10, and if you screw up, you lose points. Okay. Whereas a lot of people, I think their thing is you start with a 5 and you have to work your, your way up. Points, yeah. Yeah. If you don't make any significant mistakes, to me, you're a 9 or a 10 just for passing go. Leno, every week. You don't see stuff like the Icelandic guy, that shot that he let Mara oh, score. Yeah. yeah, and you go, yeah. it was so bad. We just go, why are you in this league? Why are you on this team? That that's not even championship. That is just Sunday yeah. league. Yeah. Leno every week, fantastic saves, great distribution, uh, very a, a great instinctual um, shot blocker. Uh, really doesn't have his distribution isn't as good as Martinez was. That's the one thing I think he can work on. Um, on the other hand, it's also kind of like, well, who are you going to boot it to down the field? Yes, yeah. some yeah. of our guys just don't do anything when they get the ball, but. Leno is a guy week in week out has stellar performances and yeah and I mean it goes it's also, overlooked yeah it's also the behind the scenes thing right the 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 stuff that isn't tracked in stats that Leno also does he is a great communicator he really is yeah um, you know his biggest knock and I think we can all agree is is coming out of his line to play those set pieces to play those crosses he but he has improved this season on yeah. it um, but you know the the things that don't get recorded on the stat sheet. Leno does really well, mm. really, really well. And yeah, and that's a, that's the thing we've been lacking for a little while. And it's know? a relief that we aren't somebody like Chelsea that here's you know here's sixty on this keeper and here's eighty yeah. on this keeper and, and they're both. And buns. we I don't I don't know how much we spent on Leno, but it was money well spent. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, he came. He was it by Leverkusen. Yeah, from Leverkusen, and there's there's no way that was you know. Sorry, America. By Leverkusen, you know. <laughs> <Bayer> sorry, Lever, <laughs> yes. You don't ask Latinos Bayer. to say jalapenos, and I'm not going to say <laughs> it's by Leverkusen. <laughs> it is. It truly is. Will is outnumbered by, Germ- by by germophones here. Oh, okay. Um, but or I guess uh, Deutsche phones, if you want to go that far. But yeah, no, I mean it's it's you know. For me, especially like flashy goalkeeper purchases, just seem destined to fail. In the last few years, definitely. You know, like unless I'm, we're talking about Allison, yeah, because he came over with a lot of fanfare, and I still true. don't think he's the best keeper, never was. But, but he's 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 done his job, and he won them the league. So yep. you know, go yeah, the Champions League over team with the chicken on the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, like you know, like keeper like. If if your keeper is your top transfer target, you you know you, you've got some yeah, issues problems. in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I mean, Leno for me has been because I mean I, I was of the mind when Czech was on it. You know, like he he played well for us, and we got Czech and Ospina, and you go where do you go from here? Yep. And, well, okay, yeah. Okay, yes, but I, like I, was, I never liked Ospina. I, I didn't like. No, I'm, I'm not saying that Ospina Good was shot my stopper, guy, but yeah. his distribution. Oh no, he's, yeah. he's whenever he got the ball at his feet, everyone just like clenched their buttholes. Well, what was that Europa League game? And I think it was Napoli, and he just—it was a meek 
chest-high ball that he pelted towards the halfway line. It went right to one of theirs. And they took yeah. two moves and scored. Yeah. Or almost. You know, they scored. Yeah. yeah. And it was just... Oh, it wasn't as bad as Runerson, but it was just, it was so bad that his positioning was always yeah. terrible. But my, my point being that like we had established guys that had been doing it for a while, and oh, you yeah. know, like yeah, you know, sure. Mad Yens, and and you could tell that like I felt like well they were both on their way out, and you knew it, and it's like what do we do? I feel like we could not have landed a better right next guy than Leno at this point. As yeah. much as we have screwed up our selling, we've done great buying in That's terms true. of Leno and Kieran Tierney. And that's one that oh, Tierney was the greatest piece of business we've done in, in, in 15 years. 25 mil. I mean, we sold yeah. a Wobie for, for what? For 40. Yeah. We sold a Wobie for 40. Greatest, greatest I watched, sale. Yeah, I watched, the sale I watched it this morning and thought about yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. then we bought Tierney for so cheap. And you go, like, I guess, you know. And the sales are still bitter about it. Yeah. and Because like, they know they, they, they probably should have demanded 50 and it still wouldn't have been enough. Yeah. They, they would have gotten it, too. They would have gotten it. Some somebody would have come calling for that, but they took it, and God bless them for it, and we are all the better for it. Um, and you know, like while we're talking about business, I mean, I feel like you know the window's pretty much closing. There's rumors that we have kind of like a bombshell move coming in the next three days. I don't know if I believe that. Apparently, yeah, Alwar was really, really close last time. It just yeah. came down. His agent wanted his agent's yeah, fee. Yeah, the agent fee, and we're like, we don't do that here. Right, and and apparently. I don't know. I've heard two things. One, that he... I've been a boyhood Arsenal fan all my life. I mean, everybody will say that when a team's coming to offer him all this money. Yeah. Yeah, And then the other thing is, and this is what I was afraid of, is if you're good in the French League, you you want to go to Madrid or Barca. And I was afraid of that. Even if he came to us, I would still be afraid that if he comes to us and and gets 15 goals a year or whatever, 10 assists... He's gone once his contract is over. Which... Hopefully we get a, 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 a an Anelka sized uh, clause in there that right. you know selling yeah. on that we get some money out of it. But I feel like Alwar definitely is it, he hasn't categorically denied it. So I I I wouldn't be shocked if he came over. Um, the other names I I'm not sold on Buendia. I'm not crazy about him. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know that he's he's destined to move at this point either. Well, not right now because. They're top of their they're top of their league and they're get, fighting for promotion. Like and, that is yeah. the biggest payday you can get. Why would you sell a guy exactly, now? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Because they would say we want the equivalent of a promotion, and uh, we don't have we don't have the players that could generate that kind of a sale. Uh, we we don't have the kind of players that we could sell to generate a fee to pay for. Right. Them. So right. yeah. But you know, that. talking about outgoings though, like I I have been vocal about the optics of us just basically paying dudes to go away. Mm. And, you know, you don't love to see it because you do want to bring in money to buy a new dude. But at the same time, I mean, I will I will admit, at this point admit that our roster was clogged. The kind of things that caused Saliba to have to go out on loan when he was we were all excited to get him the last time around. That is such a mystery. I would with all the ITKs and journalists that know things, I would that is part of the one I really want to know what happened. Yeah, there. like what went down? Because all this talk of he's not ready and his. His mom, this and he England doesn't suit him, but then he goes to Nice and gets man the match in his first or second game. Second and game, the first game was an abject dumpster fire, but okay. the second game he was mad. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then now the, the manager's saying all those things that you say about really, really good players that you know he's a leader and, and he's he's doing everything he's supposed to do. So it just makes you wonder what is going on that he can't get in and guys like David Luiz get out there. So or, yeah, one of the things I did read up on was. 
that preseason match because obviously due to COVID we couldn't really have real true you know mm. preseason scrimmages and matches. Apparently the behind closed doors preseason match that we had that he did play in. Apparently he looked lost. Oh really? Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently it looked really bad. Oh wow. Um, okay. And so that kind of put him down on the pecking order for playing. Mm. And so he hasn't just he hasn't earned his way out of it. Right. And then once, you know, it, it was unfortunate for him that even when we would have a center back not play well, we'd put in who was ever ahead of him. And then, then, they'd then play he got well. to U twenty threes. I want to say he got a red card. I want to say he got two red cards. He, at least one, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, and that's not a good look. Right. Why yeah. you don't get red card in a reserve game. Right. And, and Arteta has shown that, you know, he will give you the chance eventually. Sure. But you have to build yourself to that chance. And I don't think he ever built himself up to get that chance again um, in Arteta's mind. Okay. And that's why he stayed lower on that pecking order. Okay. And that's fair. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer that people on this squad, if you don't play, it's for footballing reasons. Agreed. So I don't think, I don't think he got left out because of something he did outside yeah, like the mom scenes. or whatever. No, 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 no. Not by yeah, any means. And, you know, and, that, and that's an interesting one because I'm not going to say it. No, but I guess where I was kind of going with that is, like, the outgoings, you know, uh, Socrates being paid to walk, Ozil obviously being paid to walk. I mean, all these things were destined Cancel to happen. Cancel contracts, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not what you want as business, but given our, the situation we're in, we needed to trim the roster. It's not the way we wanted to see it happen. I would have liked to get some money for some of these guys, but... I feel like at the end of this window, regardless of the financial aspect of it, we are in a better player. We're better positioned players wise on the squad than we were when we started. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think what we need to remember is that for us to bring in, we have to get rid first. Right. right. And I because think, there's just too many dudes around. And, and even though guys like Socrates, you might get a mil or two or five, but to bring in people, because we're, we're, we're naming our roster again. Because, for instance, when Erdegaard, or how we're supposed to say it, Odegaard. Marty. I'm yeah, calling him Marty. Odie. I'm not even I was going to say Odie, but. That's so fair. Because when he got the 11, I was like, wait a second now, that's Torreira's number. Oh, I, I never thought Torreira was coming back. Oh, so, no, never. So to make room for people to come in, we have to get rid, and getting rid the quickest, easiest way is just cancel contracts. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure, the, I'm sure the accountants have told them that, look, yeah, you don't have the two mil, three mil, five mil coming in, but you are cutting their wages, and most importantly, you're freeing up. A slot for someone else right. to come in, and so. long-term wages is the long-term, you know, financial burden. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, it's. I'm kind of hoping that we make a deal to get Mustafi out because there was there was a deal. Liverpool is supposedly interested in him, is what I saw. <sighs> if he goes to Liverpool, oh I don't know days. why they would do that. It would make them worse. But hey, go for it. They're hurting for CBs. So. And, and yeah, and, and and let's just be honest, the guy. Look at his resume. He's a World Cup winner. Yep. He, he's played for good teams. Valencia, FA Cup Manchester winner. City. Yeah. Uh, I think, well. Yeah, if you like the offside trap, him. you want Mustafi. Yeah. I mean, he's he stopped doing that thing where he slide tackles. That's his move, his go-to yeah. move. He yeah. stopped doing that. Yep. And but he still loves to do the whole stop running, lift the arm, and pretend to play his own right. situation. That, that's his. That, that's the thing that drives me nuts about him. Or so. head the ball back towards his keeper, but to the other player. Yeah. yeah, you don't want that. You definitely don't want that. But I feel like we could we could get a couple mil for him. And, and apparently there was a deal for him to go to some Italian club, but he wouldn't go to that club because he used to play for Sampdoria, and that team is Sampdoria's arch rival. Um, the intertwining threads, they never they never cease to, uh, to amaze, honestly. True. Um, so 
Yeah, you know, like they say, any port in the storm, and this fool turned down that port. Yeah, that is true. That is true. It's like, look, you're not playing here, man. Like somebody wanted you. You probably should have gone there and played with them because they wanted you to play there. And I hate, I hesitate to bring up your son, Tom, but but Ainsley. Yeah. You know, it, the rumors were to West Brom, but then there's then there's oh a top four side wants Southampton, him. and it's just like if I'm Mainsley, I want to go to West Brom because I will play every single game. And he apparently really wants to play for England because he's played for England yep. and done well for England. Yeah, he's a great defensive player. I think the knock against him is going forward. He isn't the best because no because they put him at left back and then you know he's supposed to cross the ball left footed and sometimes he struggles with that, but. He played really well in the FA Cup final, played well in the Community Shield. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's a great defensive player because when we've played teams like Liverpool, he sticks to guys like Mane yes. and, and Salah and really, really, yeah. I don't want to say shuts them down, but he negates them to a great degree. Well, and he doesn't get shoved off the ball either. Yeah, no, and like, he, for, okay. his, for his size, he's, he's pretty strong. He yeah. had, he had a, an absolute atrocious game against Crystal Palace. I'll concede that. But everyone did. That game was a dumpster yeah, fire. It was right. Really bad. So it, it's unfair that, that he gets punished for that because I honestly think that when he gets the chance to play again, we'll see. He's a great defender, and he's also extremely athletic. So when there are players out there who are extremely fast with the ball, I mean, think about Tottenham, think about Son, think about Kane. When they get the ball, they're the type of players that excel. But Ainsley's the type of guy that can keep up with him step for step and shut them down. And I, I dare say that I don't know how many other defenders on our squad can do that. Yeah. And I would say Hector pre-injury could have done that. Sure, but I don't know about sure. now. But the fact that if, if, if Mainsley is attracting Southampton, you know, so Southampton gave us Suarez, and now we might even get Ryan Bertrand from them. Hmm. That's just a rumor. But it is interesting to see that they would, they would sell us Suarez, and then on the on – the, come back say well how about you send Mainsley our way and Southampton is a team that for years no matter who they have they they play positive football they're not a they're not a Burnley yeah. you know park the bus route 11 you know hoof it into the mixer all that kind of stuff yeah. so for Mainsley to go there that's a team that expects him to be a good passer and be a good decision maker going forward so I don't know where they are in the table versus us I mean naturally we just beat them I if he gets a chance I think, yeah, he'll go there. He'll play positive attacking football. I would love one of those clauses that we could bring him back instantaneously because, heaven forbid, if someone like Suarez goes out, that's when we're really in a bind because I think that's when we would be, we would be forced to put Saka at left back. Right. Which, which and, is a waste and, of what Saka can yes. do. Exactly. I mean, he, he actually is good at it. Right. He can He's, play there, but it's not what we want him to do. Because he could means. be uh, what Michael Cox brilliantly put last week as the deep-lying quarterback-style fullbacks which he's written about before. Liverpool, for instance, are a great example of that, how Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold kind of controlled the flow of the game from their positions. It's yeah. crazy. And But, yeah, Saka can do that, but Saka needs to be in that front three. Yeah, no, he does. He he just, that's, does. that's a fact. He, when, whether for a club or country, yep. front three, that's the place he, for when him. He can, when he can just basically focus solely on that offensive side of the ball, yeah. it's it's magical. That is, yeah, because that, that, that's, that's a great point because he's excellent there, but he still has that thing that so many offensive players do is they don't want to they don't want to do windows. They don't want to do the dishes. And yeah, there are times right. defensively at left back where – he just switches off because he's just not used to that. That, okay, yeah. you need to stick to that guy and make sure he doesn't whip in across. 
Well, and you have to wonder, too. It's funny. They showed a, sh- a shot of Gareth Southgate, you know, hanging out in the stands right. near the end of the game. And I wonder how pissed off he was that Saka didn't play today. Right. Because like, who is he? I guess he's scouting Emil Smith-Rowe. I mean, Smith-Rowe for sure. Yeah. Um, but apart, I mean, for, apart from Jack Grealish, who is a better English number 10 right now? Yeah. Yeah. No one. So yeah. I'm sure he's going, damn, I, I, I dragged ass all the way out here well, well, he got to it. watch no soccer. He saw ESR, and ESR, we all love him, and I want to get that Come On, Feel the Noise song going for him. <laughs> uh, a little quiet riot. Yeah, well, Slade did it first. But he was good today, but not great to me. He had, to, he had that shot on goal. He had that yeah. shot on goal. Yep. And also, to his credit, I mean, when I was his age, I was nowhere. So... Not Fair. only for his age, how well Same. he's playing, but also he was pretty much just thrown into the fire. Oh yeah, like they didn't—they didn't just kind of ease him in. It was nah, like, here you are, you're gonna go the yeah, full. It was like, you know what? This at number ten yeah. for Arsenal. Yeah, and Mill Smith Rowe. Yeah, because it's like we know. Well, all right, we've been trying William up here for how, uh, God uh. knows how long. It's been a dumpster fire. All right, screw it. Go ahead, kid. Yeah. Do what you got to do. And yep. he has been arguably one of our best, maybe three players, right. for the last month. Agreed. Yeah. I, uh, I don't. Want, we we've sung his praises. We're all in the same thought my, pattern here. So I don't know how interesting it would be for people to listen to that. Yeah. Well, my so going back to the soccer thing, you know, I think again we were all surprised. Everyone was, and then apparently they came out that he had some kind of hip issue, and it's precautionary. Uh, precautionary. But I was trying to think back to the Southampton game, and I can't remember anything happening to him in that game. I mean, stuff goes down in training that we don't right. hear about, and, you know. You know, and that's and that's I think it's just general wear and tear. Because he has, he's run, a, like him and Smith Rowe both run yes. a ton. Yes. And, you know, they're all over the map. And, you know, you hate to see it in a game against United, but, like, if he's getting worn down, he's getting worn down, and you got to protect one of your best assets. The, the goal that Saka had last week. Yeah. The, the amount of effort he put into that, the finish, because that's not an effort that just – Falls in your lap. That yep. is, he went out there and really, really worked for it. Yeah. And yeah, when when he's out there, he doesn't just cruise along like Pogba does for United. No. No. And 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 and, and I don't even know. I don't want to know because I'm sure internationals are coming up at any point. And then Bukayo, because when he, when Bukayo was out for England, I want to say he played 90 minutes, two out of three games. Yes. For and them. then yeah, exactly within and the span of like a week. Yeah. And, 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 and Arsenal even asked. Please don't play. Him. Yeah. yeah. Do they that. Like, like please s- limit his sorry, minutes. Sorry, you know. Because Arsene Wenger. Obviously, he had some of the best expressions of all time, but one of my favorites was he didn't like international duty because it's like loaning someone your Lamborghini on a Friday, and then you show up Monday morning, and it's in the field, no gas in the tank, <laughs> and your car is all beat up. And they go, yeah. hey, man, thanks for letting me borrow the car. Yeah. And that's what I feel like with, with Saka, because when there are games where Jack Grealish or somebody is playing or, or like all the guys with the high-finger names that play for Chelsea, <laughs> run them ragged. Please do. Yeah, but when Saka's out there, it's like, oh man, because then he's gonna be, he's gonna be too tired to play for us. Yeah, he is, and that brings us to the point where we are thinking about the next game coming up, which is Wolves. coming right up on Thursday, the second with Wolves away at Molyneux, and that's Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday. It is Tuesday. I can't read, so there you go. <laughs> so there you go. It's even faster, and so hopefully Saka's hip is you know coming back around, and we can do rotations without falling too far off the and map. And KT's back, hopefully. And get Tierney back as well. Um, but yeah, that's coming up on Tuesday. Hope you all can come out and join us here at Gus's Bar and Grill in Richmond, Virginia. I am Ryan. That is Tom. Up the Gunners. That is Will. Will. Yeah, Gunners, yeah. And we will catch you for the next one. Have a good one, everybody.